0: That might be the new intro the intro song that might stick for a bit. I'm starting to like it until they start making us pay for it. Uh, Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Button Podcast. My name is Justin Belanger. Thank you very much for tuning in today. Today's episode is brought to you by Eagle Energy. Eagle Energy is a plant-based caffeine inhaler, which allows you to get a quick start to your day within three to five minutes, rather than these high sugar energy drinks that take up to 25, 35, sometimes 45 minutes, not to mention that they're not healthy for you. Eagle Energy, the plant-based caffeine inhaler, no sugar, no calories. It is plant-based, so when you're telling your friends about the product, you can feel good about yourself saying thats that it is a plant-based product. I use it first thing in the morning when I want to get a... Quick start to my day, even at lunchtime when I feel like I'm fading, I'll take uh, a couple hits of the Eagle Energy, it'll wake me back up again, it will allow me to stay focused on the tasks at hand, and most importantly, it allows me to finish my tasks at hand. It's a great product, make sure to check out their website, eagle.energy, head on over to their Instagram page as well, Eagle Energy, they have a great product, read their story, I highly recommend it, Eagle Energy. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Button Podcast, thank you very much for tuning in. It blows me away every single time I look at, uh, you know, whenever we release a podcast and I see it's out there and people are starting to listen to it more and more and download it. It still shocks me every time that even two people listen to it. You know, we talk into microphones and it goes out there into the internet. I don't know where the hell it goes, but for somehow, for some reason, some way, it ends up into your ears and I don't know. It's just crazy sometimes thinking about where this all started and then where you know, where we're going with it, I guess. I'm sitting right now in uh, Matthew Dudley's kitchen as he is making butter chicken curry uh, with a laptop on the island of his kitchen while I edit this podcast. Uh, Because we're in the road. We're out here in Enfield, the home of Classified. Lance, sorry, Lance. We're out here in Lance. Dudley corrected me there. Um, We're out here in Lance, Nova Scotia, Canada. Uh, that's, That's where Classified lives, so we're out here. Uh, he lives in what is it, dudes? Enfield. He lives in Enfield. We're in, Lance. We're in Lance now. You can't. Apparently, you're not allowed to make that mistake out here, or else you'll something bad will happen. But um, so, anyways, yeah. Today on the podcast, classified. Yeah, If you want me to ask how we got classified to come on the podcast, honestly, I, I have no idea. I just reached out to him. Um, Quake Matthews is a good friend of his. I asked Quake if he could put in a good word. Again, just like George Laroque, get Jules to put in a good word for us. Well, Quake put in a good word for us with classified. I messaged classified. He, once again, was more than happy to come on the podcast. The next thing you know, we're out at his studio uh, recording an hour podcast. And it I... Whenever I do these podcasts and we get bigger, like big guests, there's a part of me that kind of wants to change my my style of podcasting. There's a part of me that wants to say, okay, Justin, here's what you're going to do. You're going to write down some questions. You're going to ask him these questions, one, two, three, four, five, you know, 20 questions. And I haven't been doing that the past, you know, 100 podcasts really i stopped doing it a long time ago and there was a part of me when i went into classifieds house today was you know am i unprepared right now do i not have these notes ready for classified one of the biggest hip-hop artists coming out of canada ever should you be a little bit more prepared and I, i just stuck to my gut and went in doing what i've done for the past 100 episodes. Even though this is episode 200, the first 100, you know, we were rookies, Tommy and I um, didn't really know what we were doing. But these past past 100 episodes to, to equal 200, I've learned a lot. Um, you know, myself, Matthew Dudley, who's joined some of the podcasts with me, we've learned a lot about this game, how to network with people, how to treat people, how to, um, you know, make sure that you're giving and not just taking all the time. Whenever we get these podcasts going, we're definitely aware of the people that we're getting and we're very humbled by it. And this province of Nova Scotia is amazing for, you know, people helping us out. And, you know, I can't thank the community enough for that. So everyone that's listening, thank you very much. Um, and yeah, like I said, with this classified podcast, my mindset was going in, stay calm, shoot the shit. He's just a regular guy, except he has an amazing career. Uh, he's a family guy. He loves his wife, his kids. He sounds uh, very fortunate that he's able to grow up in the same town that he lived in as a child and he's now able to perform uh, or live as a professional rapper it's a you know most people move to toronto or go to la or go to bigger cities but he's able to stay in his community that helped uh, helped him become a man i guess you could say so really cool podcast one of the best i think um that we've done so far I know I say that about every single podcast, but man, this was a really, really good one. Um, So once again, thanks to Classified and every other single guest that we've had on this podcast. Episode 200, here it is. High button, Classified. You know what comes next. Alright, classified, we're going. Thanks for coming to the show, man. Appreciate it. All good. Thanks for coming out. Well, I was gonna say I shouldn't say thanks for coming. Thanks for yeah, having yeah, us. Yeah, all good, man. Don't get me wrong, I'm pumped to talk to you, but I
1: think I'm just equally as pumped to be in this studio. Yeah, man. That's where I spend all my time. All my time. The last yeah, eight years we've been out here now. So. Eight years. That's where we make everything. Spend 90% of my day out here. So. Do you like being out here doing I work? I do. That's why I was like, hey man, can you guys come out here? I'm just I'm comfortable in Enfield, you know what I mean? If I go in the city, it's like I don't know. It just feels like it's, it takes my whole day to go into the city and do something, even though it's only a half hour away. But And talk about being out here. Like, yeah, you're out here in Enfield. You're outside
0: of, you know, a part of Canada or the, a part of the United States that would be really hectic. Do you find you're able just to focus in Nova Scotia in general and just, you know, have no one really bothering you that much? Do you find that can help with your create creative process? Yeah, Does but that make sense? At the sense? same
1: time, I've never, to be honest, like I've never did the whole, let's go to LA and try to make music. Let's go to Toronto and make music. Yeah. You know, I've only ever recorded in a a real studio one time and I hated it. Like I went to a real studio, we worked with some people and it just, I don't like the vibe. I was like, I just like being on my own time, my own space and be able to, you know, go and have some supper and be like, oh shit, an idea, (laughs) I know, put it down, you know, yeah. it just gives me a lot of freedom where if you're in a studio, it's like, okay, you got six hours, you're here get it done and when you leave you're done well it's funny you say that because like when i
0: listen to your music sometimes i'll hear you know lines about your wife or your kids but you can be in the middle of making a song you got a call from your wife hey dinner's ready you go out and see your kids see your wife and then you come back here does that am i on the right path there like you're you're in a family environment here
1: man like i didn't want to be the rapper that's gone from his family for eight months of the year and you know kind of comes in and checks in and doesn't even know how to live a normal life like i wanted to have and i treat this shit like a normal life like i try to do this nine to five go in hang with the family and do my after supper after supper stuff with the kids and yeah try to make it like it's a real job and try to keep a real balance of life and rap life cool yeah all right so let's start from the beginning you grew up in Enfield yeah
0: what was it like growing up here as a kid ground hockey that's all we did stupid you know question I, mean? I should Canadian the answer. small town
1: <laughs> same as any small town in Canada I think it's, you know what I mean everyone kind of knows everybody you know, I think it was like me and two or three other people that listened to rap music. We were kind of outcast Because like back in, you know, the early 90s, it wasn't like nowadays where everybody listens to everything. It and was like you had your rocker guys. You had the people that just listened to the C100, the top 40 type stuff. And then hip hop was just kind of crossing over to, you know, middle class Canada, whatever you want to call it. So so,
0: where do you listen to it on? CD player or cassette?
1: Cassette days. But cassette. Did
0: you have the yellow one by any chance? Oh, I had yeah. ye- the, oh, yellow yeah, yeah, yeah. the yellow one with the yellow headphones. Yeah, yeah. The sports, the sports one, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, we actually shot a, a video this year for a song called Changes where we had a person dress up as a, the yellow Discman. The yellow Discman. And it's like his life nowadays where he doesn't fit in and kind of just walking around the streets as a Discman. Stupid idea, <laughs> but so stupid it was funny. Exactly. Like, it makes sense. So, yeah, no, Walkman, you know, dubbing cassettes tape to tape. That's cool. Yeah, man. It's funny when you
0: think about, like, your career. You know, you're a successful hip-hop, you know, artist. But at the same time, every single person, you know, listen to that Walkman, listen to rap. Mm. It's just a matter of, you know, you wanted to turn it into a career, and you did. So that's kind of cool how a lot of people have the same beginnings. But if you just put the time and effort into it, it can turn into this. Yeah, like... That's kind of crazy. That's what it
1: kind of came from was, you know, small town hitchhiking with my headphones on. And, like, that's where I fell in love with rap music was being by myself walking down the street for an hour headphones in and it's just listening to the lyrics the beats the vibe it was just I don't know what it was honestly because you know like there was always music around my dad was in bands there was always you know different types of music but hip-hop was just such I don't know just grabbed me right away and then kind of dove into it bought my first little four track recorded in my closet in my bedroom to kind of building up to this
0: did you ever feel like an outcast back then when you always, said that rap was always. your? Yeah, yeah yeah. Like it's hockey obviously. Yeah, like even when I
1: started rapping, like I was that kid that everyone called a wigger or whatever you'd want to call, like, you know, white kid trying to be black. Typical bullshit, small-minded people. But, you know what I mean? Like I think I'm I'm I kind of grew past that and I, you know, it was whatever it is, but no, I definitely felt like I'm doing something no one else is doing. And even people that kind of made fun of me or took my sh- took their shots at me i see them now and they're the first ones to kind of congratulate me and go man it's so cool what you turned this into and it's like man i don't, fr- I, don't I don't forget what you. you said yeah really like yeah i remember what you said before As people grow up you know what i mean dumb kid shit so i don't hold grudges but yeah i don't forget that stuff
0: so drive to be able to you know to have a career you've had you need some people get inspiration other like from a bunch of people some it's from bullies some it's from you know seeing a friend be successful and you're a little jealous and you want to do that Mm -hmm. there's other artists that you see and you want to become that what do you think was your main drive because there's obviously you can't lie there's a point where you're doing this and you get frustrated and you want to quit but some people just have that extra oomph like i think you said in one of your songs when we were listening to you're like you got to give that a little oomph and go where do you get your oomph from Inner, inner ninja Ninja's yeah inner ninja, ninja. where do yeah, you yeah. get your
1: oomph from um originally it was just because i loved it like it wasn't no yeah. other reason other than oh shit i can record myself hear my voice okay i'm rapping you know what i mean i love the music and the fact that i could do it i mean, think the thing with rap and it's different than any other genre of music is you don't have to have a good voice you don't have to learn how to play guitar or piano and spend years about how to, you know learning how to do that i never thought of that Anybody can pick up and go, okay, let me try to make, you know, obviously you got to work on your flow and how you want to sound, but it's something that you can kind of come out and go, boom, I'm rapping now. I'm trying some stuff. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of whack shit. When my came home, <laughs> my shit was whack. But I still enjoyed it. You know what I mean? I'd yeah. show my couple friends that listen to rap and be like, oh, that's cool. And then, you know, I did my first show and it was, you know, in front of 15 people that were excited to see it. And just that excitement, you know, getting back from people, that that was motivating too. That's cool. Yeah. Um, any
0: artist, I feel at the beginning, like we just said, you know, it, it's it's uh, a. At least I'm starting to figure this out. It's a struggle in a way, it almost to convince other people that you want to do this for a career. It can come down to parents. It can come down to friends. Mm. When you hit a certain age, you see your friends buying houses, having kids, doing certain things to almost set up a, an adult life, if that's yeah, really yeah. such a thing. Did you ever have a struggle with that like maybe with your parents saying listen i i want to be able to do this for the rest of my life did you have any backlash from anyone any any peers anything like that or
1: did you just not not let that focus because like just like i said when i was 16 17 my dad had his band they were like you know what was the name of the band band. harmony 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 (laughs) Harmony. (laughs) shout out to harmony (laughs) Harmony. but like my dad was the guy in the band that had like the equipment the mics and would have in the basement the band would come over practice in our basement so that was kind of like, oh shit, okay, we got some mics in the back, in the basement. We'd get our little cassettes of of dub beats that we'd make, and you know, we could kind of record ourselves like that. So,
0: so when you took an act of rapping, he was kind of happy. He yeah, was, he was he, like, like, oh, was cool, like- you're
1: into music, you know what I mean? But at the same time, I'm very optimistic. Like I wasn't like, oh, I'm gonna be big and rich and famous and live off rap music. Like I was like, yeah, I'm a, doing it for fun. I'm a kid, exactly. Did it for fun, and we kind of kept making, you know, kept growing with it, kept getting a little bit of growth um but i still you know finished high school graduated i went to compu college for a year how was that school it was well originally i reached out and i was like yo i'm trying to get into music i was thinking you know maybe i could be like a studio engineer shit like that i was like you know i need a, a program that teaches me that type of stuff and they're like oh we got a yeah, yeah. totally like but they are like you know we got a course perfect for you it teaches you about computers it had nothing to do with anything i needed it's like a month-long teaching you how to type, month-long teaching you about networking and all this stuff. How would you feel about that?
0: Uh, teaching the, you how the typing, to Typing,
1: I use a lot. Typing, I'm glad I learned that. The rest of it was just kind of whatever. But I did end up getting like an internship job for four months. Where at? Uh, MTT, X-Wave, the big tall building in the end of Spring Garden. The big... The tallest building in Halifax. What? And the spring guys Is it still there? Oh, yeah. The, oh, the, the, the bell, bell, center, bell building. The maritime center. The maritime center the, oh, yeah, they got a the, great elevator the there. Bell's the glass window exactly. going up. Yeah, okay. So I worked on the fifth floor for that for like a year. And this was, I was 21 years old making like 40 grand a year. Were you living out here when you worked there? No, no. I moved to the city. I was not in the city for like eight years. Okay. Um, But you know what I mean? As a 20-year-old kid making money like that, I was like, well, okay, this is great. You know what I mean? And then slowly, you know, business and whatever slowed down and a bunch of us were getting laid off. So I was like, okay, I'm getting laid off. I got a year of unemployment, some good unemployment money. I'm just going to go music hardcore and just see what it happens for the next year. Did you have money saved up? Not at this point. You no. blew it all? I had nothing. No, I no. bought a car. I bought, you know, didn't have anything saved up. But I had my unemployment coming every two weeks or whatever. But the last day on that job, my last day, it was like I was all set up to go for unemployment. They offered me a different job in the company. What was the job? Just something else with computers, like some other kind of network support. I worked the help desk. They'd call and be like, hey, I can't do this. i like, hey, reboot your computer. Call me back if it don't work. That was <laughs> so like you're the my, tech guy in the company? I was the tech guy, but I wasn't very good. I was just, I was a good talker. <laughs> you're I just kind of talked my way. Exactly. So you're like a good salesman or something exactly, like that. Up. <laughs> but they did offer me a job paying the same thing the day of. And my parents were like, "Oh, this is great," and I was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm not taking it. Like, I'm ready for unemployment." I was just so set in my mind of like, "Oh, I got a year to do music, go at it this hard. Don't have to worry about bills because the unemployment." So I was like, "Yeah, thank you, but no, thank you." And my parents were pissed about that because they knew I went to Compu college and all this shit, and I had student loans. And but now they're like, oh. "Yeah, of course now, yeah, yeah, yeah. now you know it's, it's it's easy to make a decision." But yeah, back then they were they were a little bit upset about that, but they knew I was doing what I wanted to do and. And it never went back to yeah. work since then. So,
0: so what's the turning point for you though? Like you obviously that to, was the turning yeah, point. But for
1: me. that was the one to be like, okay, I'm going to stay with this, you know, safe job, or I'm going to do what I really want to do for the next year. Yeah. And it was a matter of you know, I, mean, I had my notepad out, and I'd be like, you know, Jay Brew's buying a beat, hundred bucks. Quake's going to record for three hours. Okay, sixty bucks. And you know, monthly, I do this till I got my monthly rent done. You know, get a couple shows. And then after like six, seven months, I noticed that I was starting to bank money. And I was like, oh, shit, I got five grand in the bank now. You know, so when unemployment ran out, I had, you know, 10 grand in my bank. I was making some money off music and kind of just kept going from there. And it just kept growing. That's so sick. You just dove yeah. in just like anything. Just you went just... In. Just, But because I had the yeah. unemployment, like I keep stressing that because if I didn't have that, I wouldn't have been able to have that chance to be like, "Yo, let me just sit home and just make music for a year and see how it goes. How old were you when you made the Maritimes? That was 2005, I think. So, so I would have been like 24.
0: So that's four years after you quit that job. Took yeah, one I was trial
1: and error when I quit that job. So that was 2003, I think.
0: I want to know the story behind that song. Like, did you record it? Like, it where did you joke, record man. it?
1: It was in my apartment on Almond Street. So um, how did it start?
0: Were, you, were all the boys just drinking around, having some beers? on and...
1: Friday night. I remember Spech was over there was a couple of us. And I made the course first because I had the beat made. I always just make beats and, you know, we'll put them on when we're messing around. And I remember thinking, like, oh, this shit sounds like some old maritime stuff, you know, bagpipes, <laughs> whatever. And one of us, I don't even know who it was, but just started singing along. <laughs> who
0: started Who started singing the chorus? I, I honestly can't even remember right. who,
1: who it was. But, we, yeah, the, yeah, the voice <laughs> would feel good. So we recorded it, you know what I mean? Didn't think anything of it. And this was, like, on a Friday, Saturday night. And the next Monday when I kind of sat down in the studio and kind of, like, what am I working on today? I yeah. brought that up and yeah. I was like, shit. This is cool. Let me just finish this off. And it was more so like an interlude. Like it wasn't supposed to be a full song. That's why if you listen to it, it's like a chorus at the end, one long verse and a chorus at the at, at the, start, oh, yeah. the end. There's I never no like it's just the, verses and break up. It's, you know what I mean? There's not like, it's not broke up like a typical song yeah. would be. So do you go to Moosehead games anymore? Do you still go? I haven't got, gone to a Moosehead game. Since in, you made the Maritime song. Yeah. No, I've gone a few times since then.
0: I remember but listening I hadn't been to there it in a while. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "Why?" Because I used to go to Moosehead Games all the time. I still do. I was like, "Why doesn't he go to the Moosehead Games? What does he have against the Moosehead?" <laughs> he hates the yeah, Moosehead. This is when I was on like, my hockey
1: hating style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, that was like yeah, two thousand five i think we made that you
0: know what's funny about that song is that my mom showed me that song for the first time she goes you know where you're from right i like halifax she goes no you're from the maritimes listen to this and then she put the song on and That's then she's dope, like this is where you're from i'm like look he said the moose heads i was like oh who is this guy i just remember the first time i ever heard of you that was way back then yeah yeah I told my mom I was coming on here. She goes, You're going to see classified, right? I was like, Yeah, I'm going. She goes, All right, make sure you wear a dress shirt.
1: I'm like, All right, mom, I'll, I'll wear a dress shirt. <laughs> That's the last thing. Yeah, I don't wear dress shirts too much. So I'm yeah. glad you did. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I got to look somewhat professional here. Yeah, yeah,
1: look good, bud. You look
0: good. Appreciate it. Um, okay. So then after you know your, your little bit of success there, did ego ever kick in? No. Nah. Nothing?
1: Can't, man. I got too many friends, family that they I'm kept you in check and away. people. Like, I got. But there must you know, be times where or three lungs. of my best friends are still the same friends I had when I was five years old. Like, yeah. You know, they one lives up in Lance. Um, another one lives in, in Dartmouth. But like, I hang with them all every Friday night. Yeah. The same people, my family, my brothers both tour with me. My dad plays on my records. Like, there's just really no, and I don't, I fucking hate people with egos, man. Yeah. Like, they're the most annoying people in the world. If if you know them. Yeah. Like, yeah, like even with Kanye, like Kanye, I'm the biggest Kanye West fan, like his shit when he came out, but I can't even listen to his music now, but he just, because his That sucks. Yeah, it does. Like, it really does, because it's like, this guy's either half nuts, or he's just so cocky about himself, and thinks he's above everybody on a genius level, which maybe he is, but when I hear somebody talking about themselves that way, Hmm. it just really turns me off, and just, just just corny.
0: Do you see that sometimes, like? And other friends in the music industry, you oh, saw wow. them when they first started out, and ten years later they blow up, and they're not even the same person. Do you see
1: that a lot in the industry that you're in? Um, not so much like that. I think that's a Canada thing too. Like honestly, I like, never thought I th- of that I think that the way. industry is so small here. It's like most people that know what's up know that it's like you're gonna run into the same people on your way up and your way down. Obviously, you have some people that you know just got that attitude, and some of them don't even know they have it, which is. You know, you almost feel bad for them. It's like, you don't even know how stupid you sound right now trying to trying <laughs> yeah. to be like, you know, if someone walks in a room, people are having conversations, and they got to interrupt everything and talk about them and what they're doing. It's like, man, we're just chilling and hanging out. Just little things like that that kind of just like, yeah. you know, check yourself and, and just come back to reality and realize what's going on in the room before you kind of just start making stupid comments. And
0: it, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah it's just like man no one cares about that shit right now we're chilling we're normal people having a conversation you don't gotta you don't gotta try to build yourself up and it sounds like surroundings. it sounds like insecurity to me like really yeah like people that are they're looking for recognition they're looking for like approval yeah, man. yeah exactly like classified
0: likes me so i'm the shit don't you know don't worry about anything else i'm fine because you know yeah and it is true i like how the fact that you said it's canadian because you've traveled to the states and you've been other places around the world so you've probably seen like i said artists that just come and go and you know, they're in one minute and then they're out the next. But you've had a oh, career, especially that...
1: nowadays, like with the streaming and like yeah. artists are so. You just quick rent a Rolls around. Royce for an
0: hour and artist, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, what do you think the key is to longevity in this business? Because like, you're you're in the music Man, business. Nowadays, but...
1: I don't know. Cause like I came up in a different game. Like when I came out, you know, you'd have the videos on Much Music, records in stores, yeah, music, these, like, award the award shows, right whatever there. it is. But now it's like Sick. there's so many like streaming. Like Joe Blow can put out a song, get on the right playlist, and they have 10 million streams. Did that, does that ever piss you off? Um, no, not really, because it's like whatever people enjoy the music. I'm more concerned with the people that are like, what are you gonna do? Because streaming don't pay. You it doesn't I mean? pay. It very little. Like you get 10 million streams, maybe that's what is it, like five grand a million streams. So what? On average? On, say, on say average, sorry. Say that again. How many streams? I think it's five grand for a million streams. Wow. That's enough. That's an average if you look at all the different streaming services. So someone who has 10 million streams, it's like, okay, you made 50 grand. So you ain't living off that. And a lot of these artists that are doing this don't have real fan base. Like they can't go tour and do shows. And you know what I mean? Like some of them turn it into that, but a lot of them, they don't. It's just some internet shit. And it's like, for me, that's where I make most 90% of my money is shows. You know, a lot of people don't even do tour. shows, totally. A lot of people will put out their song, do their videos, and they've never did a show in their life. And if they ever get a chance, they're on stage, and they have no idea how to talk to a crowd, how to perform. I'm not saying everybody's like that, but there is a good majority, and it's not their fault. It's just the way the industry is now is anyone can put some shit on Spotify, Apple, whatever it is, yeah, blow up on, on the internet, and then in real life, they really don't. It doesn't. Oh, that would suck. <laughs> just... And it just comes so quick. It's like, you know what I mean? There's a lot of rappers that came in the last year or two that's like, oh, shit, this is the next hot thing. It's everywhere. And this year, it's like no one gives a fuck because they're on to the next thing. It's just so much music nowadays.
0: Did you ever have a point where you first started to perform and have to adjust? Like, did you ever get nervous the first time you went out and then you noticed two years later you were fine and it just came, like, breathing to you? Or is there still a little no, bit a of nerve? still a
1: over, like, anxiety, nervousness, whatever you want to say, just until you get on stage and kind of say the first thing you say and then it kind of goes away and you're like... It's just right, like with groove. this podcast. Like before, not even last night, but today, was, you know, a little nervous, you know, I mean, yeah. classified. But
0: as soon as we start, it's you're just, just another shit, guy. Yeah, you're comfortable, man. You're just yeah, comfortable. Yeah, yeah. It's but funny no, how it's like, like that. And all, but no,
1: I still have that. And and like with with what your your questioning, every show you do, you learn something else. And that's why I, I'm like, yo, do shows, do shows, do shows. If you're a new artist, because you know, like the last tour we did, I'm like, yo, this song works really good. Oh shit, we did that. Okay, let's do that every show now. Like you just do little things and you learn. It's like it's like hockey. You learn how to take a better wrist shot. You learn how to keep your head up. Like you learn new new things to make the show better. Can you give me an example of like the latest thing you've learned? Maybe um, not like even a thing I learned, but like I got a song called "Fallen" on my new album, and we usually do the song live. It's full on instrumental, you know. But on one show, the DJ cut out the beat. by mistake, and my keyboard player just kept playing, and it was just me rapping over the keys. And now I was like, yo, oh, that shit was killing. It was all a mistake, but now every show we drop the beat out at the exact same spot. I rap over just the keyboard player, and then the DJ brings the beat back in the end and kind of picks the energy up. Yeah. But just little things like that that you're just like, yo, I only did this because we did it once on stage and it worked. Now I'm going to kind of mark it down in the book and keep it forever." Not a lot of people sound good like that, though. Yeah. <laughs> For a
0: lot of people, it's all yeah. Yeah
1: yeah yeah well even nowadays like a lot of rappers just rap over their songs they don't even they just do head yeah. they're like yeah. the background singer and they yell over the the things but no like I, I take a lot of pride in that like we've even been doing it some shows where it's just me and my guitar player like or david miles and my drum machine we do like a whole hour and a half show and it's just rapping over guitar and it's yeah it's crazy like for me performing as long as i have to find this new way to perform it's been like that's what the next tour is going to be is just me my guitar player and my keyboard player and just it's more about the songwriting like we did these shows and people are crying people are laughing it's just a whole different vibe than the you know 12 o'clock everyone drunk put your hands up we're partying type typical show that we do but yeah man it's just trying to find new ways to keep it interesting
0: what does that feel like to make a fan cry in a good way obviously like what's that feeling like Crazy, can't describe it no
1: it's goosebumps like it's yeah, yeah no, I might like, cry right now. There's Let's, a couple <laughs> of songs just when we do this stuff, and it's just, you know what I mean? You're rapping, and you just look in the crowd, and you can see someone. And the first thing that goes through my mind is like, you know, like like a song like Powerless, where it's about child abuse. It's about missing indigenous women, like some serious shit, and you see someone in the crowd. I kind of look at them and go, okay, they were either went through this, or they know someone went through this. And I, I kind of just it fucks me up sometimes because I kind of lose train of thought of what I'm doing and I start thinking about what they're thinking about. You know what I mean? Yeah. But no, man, it's, it's really cool. Especially when you talk to them after the show and they're like, yo, when this happened and man, I couldn't keep it in like my uncle or whatever their story is. You know what I mean? We've heard a lot of different stories, but you know, just to hear someone react over something I'm, I'm saying or something that I wrote and seeing that it helped them or, you know, helped them get through something. It's, mind yeah you're rapping about real shit yeah and
0: just
1: yeah and i'm hoping that's why i'll be able to do this shit till i'm 60 70 years old is because it's not i like to call it timeless music it's not current it's not just like oh this is the hot shit right now this is the current vibe of what's going on it's like music that i hope people can play in 10 15 years Mm -hmm. and still get something out of it. Who is the ideal classified
0: fan? Like, when you go on the road and you see people from BC to Halifax... Small town. Small town individuals. Most
1: of the time. Well, yeah. I, I say that, but at the same time, like, Toronto is usually our biggest show on tour. You know what I mean? It's a big town. But I think a lot of people for even those shows are coming from, you know, the Berries, the... Hamilton. Hamilton, yeah, exactly, small town stuff. But I find that's kind of... I could be completely wrong, but I feel like... <laughs> I could be I feel like wrong. that's kind of the most relatable... You know, a fan that I, I get is like, yo, yeah, well, I'm from here. And it's yeah. like, you know, your music, I heard it when I was 15 years old. And, you know, yeah, you, well, you were talking about shit that no other rapper was talking about. Nowadays, it's a little different because there's rappers coming from everywhere rapping about everything. But, like, when I came out, there was no white kids rapping small town stuff. Like, even when I came out, that was before Eminem. Like, you had Beastie Boys, which was New York, you know what I mean? You had House of Pain, which was, like, still kind of like gangster, hardcore rap. And you had, like, Vanilla Ice, which was, like, the joke. He's going right to Truro I mean? soon, by the way. Yeah. He has got, a show we, in Truro. offered to open up for that show. So. You got offered to open up? Yeah, I was like, fuck that. Uh, I, so I was going to say. And, and I want to do shows. Like, I'd love to go back to Truro and do a show. But, yeah, it didn't make sense. <laughs> but it's cool. You know what I mean? Like, that, you know what I mean? We're getting these old school shows. Like, they had the 90s the not uh what's it called i love the 90 shows at the metro center it's like salt and pepper really is yeah like a bunch of us went like 20 of us went and had a great time so it's cool <laughs> that that shit's coming back but anyway cool. I'm losing track of where i was going with this i don't even forget i forget story. what i was asking <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> next question
0: yeah. um yeah so when I, when i think of you and i think of a rapper in canada or just this part of the world east coast of canada Like you might not think it, but right now you're helping out the high button tremendously because you're giving us credibility right now. And then after this podcast, someone's gonna listen to it and be like, "Wow, you know the high button had classified on." That's a that's a big stepping stone. You might not think it, but it's helping us tremendously. But when I think about a hip hop artist before you, I can't really think of anyone. I'm sure that you're. Your well, knowledge like of Canada? your knowledge of Canadian hip hop oh, is yeah, yeah. a lot better than mine. I don't know anyone, but who was the guy that really said, "All right, you're coming with me, classified. Let's do this. I'll help you out." Because I can't think of anyone. Never or are nobody. you the pioneer?
1: Now, no, I'm no, definitely not the pioneer. But I'll be the first to say that I never had no one put me on either. You know what I mean? I tried to find that person. You know what I mean? Like, well, you got to give yourself some credit Drake to Lil Wayne. You know what I mean? He had the Lil Wayne hookup. A lot of rappers get the cosigns. But I, I don't think I'm a rapper's rapper like most rappers aren't like oh class is my favorite rapper like my shit is for, for regular motherfuckers that are just doing their thing they're not trying to be rap stars they're not looking at me like oh he's the coolest rapper out. it's like no I get something out of his music and I kind of it took me a while to realize that because so know, like you
0: created your own genre
1: is that what uh, like my own lane I'd your say. own lane yeah okay, yeah okay. definitely a lot more people doing that lane now but I think when I came out there just wasn't a lot of people rapping from my point of view I guess okay but. You know, to say that, like, in Canada, you got your Maestro Fresh Wests, your Chocolaires, Socrates Cardinal, Swollen Chaos. Like, these are guys that I kind of, you know, even when I was doing my own rap thing, was paying attention to them, to what they're doing. And it was just so, this was before Drake blew up, so it was so Canada, like, when you're saying you never heard of a lot of other Canadian rappers, it was because it was such a, it was just kind of for the culture, you know what I mean? If you were in the scene and you were paying attention, you'd know about it. But if you weren't, if you weren't, if you were just watching, you know. Or... BET, that's all I Yeah, bought. exactly. Like we, you know, I think Choc Lair was the first rapper to ever be from Canada to be on BET. And that was, you know, 10 years as, after I was already listening to Canadian hip hop oh. and stuff. So definitely a cool scene and lots of great music too. But it just didn't get the mainstream success or attention. Yeah. You got, I think you got to give yourself more credit. I do. I don't I, know. Like I'm not tra- a cocky person. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Humble man. Humble. Oh yeah. 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 yeah you're not cocky. We get. Well, it. you know what I mean. In saying that, like I'm not stupid either. Like it's like I definitely think I created Lane, and you know, I think there's a lot of rappers who came up, and people who even hit me up. It's like, yo, I heard you were doing this, doing the Maritimes, whatever it was, and it kind of said, oh, okay, like a rapper like this can come out of Canada. Let me do my thing. So I think there's definitely. People I influence, even with Sunreal, I was with Sunreal last week and he kind of said the same thing. He was like, Yo, you were one of those guys that I saw and was like, Yo, we can do this from Canada. So yeah. it's cool when people say that. Like it's cool that they paid attention, yeah, but. Yeah. Creating a lane though, that takes patience. Like creating an actual lane it's for a flu. career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Straight up. Like a lot of my career is, is I shouldn't say it's flu because, you know, I work hard at my shit and I keep going hard at my shit, but. You know, just things work out. Like, even when we dropped Oh Canada, we dropped that. It was the fourth single on the album. And all of a sudden, oh, the Olympics are in Canada. Oh, shit. Okay. You know what I mean? And then that became the Canadian anthem of the Olympics. And it wasn't planned by any means. It was (laughs) like the song came out in December. The Olympics came in February. And it was like, oh, (laughs) perfect. (laughs) Straight up. So that wasn't even planned. It just happened. Not at all. Like, like Sony didn't even want to make that a single. Like, that was just almost like the Maritimes. It was like, cool. You know, something I made for Canada, but it wasn't a big single. But then, you know, we had anybody listening, we had up all night, quit what your head, like three or four singles out, and I was like, yo, before we finish with this album, let's put out O Canada, let's shoot a video. And they're like, Cool, if you wanna do it, do it up. And we did it and it became, you know, the biggest song I had thus far. Oh yeah. How many people yeah. came out for that? It was hard to tell in man, the video, hundreds, but it looked like hundreds. Coldest wow. day in the world too. Was it it's cold. what there, yeah. What month was it? It was January. <laughs> yeah. Was that- freezing, I don't know. Man. Well, it's cold eight
0: months of the year here. I don't know. It could have been March. It could have been. Could have been December. Could have been July. I don't know. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, man. But people came through and like just being so cold. But it was the excitement of you know. I mean, a lot of people don't shoot videos down here. You know what I mean at this time, anyway. Did you have to get a permit for that video, or did you just say people Uh, come out? No, I think they did. Like, yeah, we had like a video team, and I'm pretty sure they had a permit and all that stuff for it.
0: Cool. Yeah. What's what's it like uh, going to Sidney Crosby Stanley Cup party? Cool. You got to give me more than that. Yeah, You're yeah. not Good leaving here. here yet. It was cool. Next question. No, yeah, you got to yeah. give me more. Well, he only lives like five minutes down the road. I, right? well, I used to landscape his house. One of my oh, first really? jobs was landscaping. Yeah, yeah. So, so we used to go down there. And,
1: um, like, Originally, someone reached out and they're like, hey, man, Sydney's having this party. Would you be interested in coming up and do a few songs? I was like, no. Down the road? Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you get to see the Stanley Cup. Get to, you know, I met, never met Sydney at this time either. So it was the first time I met him. Oh, okay. And it was cool, man. Like, everyone was super chill there. And there was like, even a lot of people there I know because it's Enfield. So it's like a small community. So there's a couple people that we knew there. But it was like me, my whole band, my wife, my dad came. And there was like 10 of us that went and just had a good time. And
0: That's sick. Uh... Yeah, were you nervous? No, I
1: wasn't nervous. No, because we, we just got off a plane. I remember we landed at the airport and everyone picked us up. And we Where were you coming right from? There. Um, London, Ontario. Good we memory. A festival up there. But we we played that on Friday and then we came back here and just went right out to his thing on Saturday. Rockstar. Night. Well, I was a little bit nervous, not to so, so much to meet Sydney, but whenever you're doing a show at a place that you're like, what the fuck is this gonna be like? Yeah, like yeah. okay, you're doing a personal party, Crosby's. I was like, you know, they got mics. Like, what do going they have on? mics? You just don't know what you're getting into. Once we got there and we're like, okay, you know, it's cool. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was it was a really good time. And then we got to go back. next year after i think too
0: well they won three years not three years in a row but two years two years in a row
1: yeah yeah. so you know the second time we went one of my boys lives on the lake and we jumped in his boat we all just took his boat over to crosby's house come (laughs) up and we just yeah it's always a good time man him and nate and his wife his wife's super nice his his wife got along really good with my wife so it was cool cool Uh, yeah it was cool yeah i was gonna say yeah it was a cool cool. experience (laughs) was lemieux there no. At one of them. No, I wish he was there because that's like my era. That would have been but sick. Yeah, no, no, no Lemieux. That's sick. Yeah.
0: Talk about like, just talk about like a, an experience that you got to like, you actually got to live that, like partying at like partying at a Stanley Cup partying party, and you yeah, got to yeah. perform. Like, totally. Two, just like, coming
1: from where I come, it was like hockey and rap. Like that was my life. You yeah. know, hockey from five till sixteen, yeah. then really got into music and didn't pay don't pay too much to atten- too much attention to hockey now I'm playing that like two or three times a week with my dad and my brothers getting to go to the you know the yeah. Crosby Stanley Cup party it yeah. was definitely a trip <laughs> That's it was sick. cool. It cool. Name some <laughs> of the other memorable experiences of being
0: classified. There must be some. Like you got to go backstage and Jay Z was there or something. Like something like that. Like we haven't even talked about a meeting Nardwire Like that's a that's a cool experience yeah, in was, my that book. That was a while ago, man. Talk about that. Like what's that guy like? Um, like what's he like as a real person? Same Not shit.
1: On, Is he the same guy? He didn't break character. Which no. was, so I was like, man, come on, can we just talk for a minute? And he's like, this is why. Yeah, yeah, that's what he said. But this was like, what year was that? We did that. that was probably like ten years ago now. 10-12 years ago, and we were in Vancouver. Um, he lo- yeah this he was lives before there. and everything like, yeah this was a while ago this was maybe fifteen years ago but yeah he was cool he pulled out like Hip Club Groove which is like an old rap group from here which Trailer Park Boys was Corey the guy from Trailer Park Boys he was smokes. in this yeah exactly Corey Bowles he was the rapper in this group and you know he pulled that album out and referenced the Trailer Park Boys and what else did he pull out it was a minute ago man I got I haven't seen that interview in a while so. <laughs> but it was cool man It was Nardware. But it was before Nardware Was what he was now Like he was on the come up And he was doing a lot of Canadian stuff But now he's done Jay-Z He's yeah. done I think it was So the- many big things now That it's like yeah. was on a whole Different level now It was that Pharrell interview I think yeah, The yeah. first one When they're sitting on The window Legend in Vancouver yeah. And he was just amazed Blown away yeah, because that's how Jay Z got it. Pharrell told Jay Z, "Yo, you got to do this interview." I wasn't
0: a fan of the Jay Z interview. He, he yeah, Jay Z was. Like, I like the Snoop ones. He's got like fifteen yeah. of
1: Snoop where he's just pulled out shit, old yeah. vinyl and old classic like L.A. rap groups and stuff. So.
0: Oh yeah, you've met Snoop a bunch of times.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. What's he like as a guy? Exact same as. Yeah. <laughs> All these guys are the exact same as. Yeah, the on yeah. Camera. Well, Nardware, it's like a character, so I kind of thought like, okay, it's gonna break for a sec. Let's talk like normal. You know what I mean? Yeah. But Snoop is Snoop, like. We've done a couple shows for him. We played in Cape Breton. With yeah. him in Cape Breton. We played with them in at this fucking I think it was a Hells Angels party in Chilliwack, BC, in the middle of the woods for like fifteen thousand people. I remember we flew out, we took a couple friends. We all flew out on Saturday morning. They picked us up in a, a limo. This is the limo <laughs> days and people had limos and drove us in the middle of the woods, like no middle of nowhere. And it was like Snoop was there, Swan so Members was there, Little John, Bubba Sparks. Little John. Like just all these people. I was like, man, where the fuck are we? You know what I mean? He did the show and drove right back to the airport and flew home. Like we didn't stay even one full day. But that was kind of like my first experience seeing Snoop play. And it was just like a memorable, crazy, wicked party. But then when we did the song, he came down to shoot Trailer Park Boys. And he was staying at a hotel in Truro. And... Yeah, yeah, a lot of people didn't know this. He was there for, like, two weeks. They just gave him, like, the whole motel. or I guess the Trailer Park Boys had the whole motel. And we were talking to his management about doing a song for a couple months. Then when we found out he was here, I was like, yo, he's 20 minutes from me. So then his manager called. He's like, yo, Snoop's coming to your house in Enfield tonight. So I was like, what?
2: Snoop's coming to Enfield? <laughs> you know, so I clean
1: up the studio. Was he at here? all right. No, he calls me at, like, 6 o'clock. He's like, yo, Snoop can't make it tonight, tomorrow night. I was like, all right cool cool snoop's coming you know what i mean i had the party set up. i was yeah. like snoop's coming everybody gotta come we're just having a party we're gonna do a snoop's on awesome. and then thursday canceled too He was like oh he can't make it tonight he's like can you bring a studio to snoop on friday i was like whatever i gotta do man so i i called a guy i know who like runs studios and stuff he brought like a makeshift studio to the hotel in truro set up this the, the studio in the hotel room and then snoop came over and we hung out for like two hours and made the record Wow. And it was just like Snoop, like, you know what I mean? Smoking his blunts. Oh, sick. That's sick. That oh, yeah. His weed's know. the real deal? I don't know. It was good. Like, but it wasn't like It was true it didn't weed. It was probably true mind. weed. No, actually, I think it was Amy Anonymous because she's like the hook up from Toronto. It was this is a girl we know. She like kind of hooks up everybody in Toronto. Yeah. But she flew out to like basically supply everybody weed for the week. So What a job, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> Are they hiring? Dudes, we sure should have got a
0: mic. <laughs> yeah. Everyone listening, Dudes is in the background, by the way. We didn't get him a mic, but he's in there. He's putting in. The, the awkward pauses in the conversation are with him back there. <laughs> I'm just weird guy. Sure he's the weird mic, guy man. in the we back. We could another mic. Is there another mic?
1: I got my mic over there. The one I unhooked from this. Well, this
0: it's one. too late now. If you want to say anything, just let me know. I'll, just I'll, lean in. Just lean, lean in, in. yeah. I for shit
1: so I can or if you <laughs> want to light up, go ahead.
0: Oh. I don't want to run across the Yeah, It's all good. All right, well, that was a great start. So the life of uh, the life of uh, classified right now, family man, wife, the kids, successful career. How old are you now? Forty.
1: Forty one. Forty one. I know. Mentally, twenty three. You still feel young. Physically, eh? thirty eight. Yeah. <laughs> but talk about the career you have. Most people
0: wake up nine to five and go work a job, and you get to do this. Do you ever wake up sometimes and go, "Holy shit!" All
1: the time. Like man. I'm very thankful all the time. Like you know what I mean. Like I'll get up with my kids. 7 o'clock getting to school, like today. Usually my wife gets up. Today I got up because I wanted her to stay up last night and watch The Dirt, the Motley Crew movie. Oh, was that on Netflix? Yeah, yeah, I watched it last night. It was good. It wasn't amazing, but it was good. But anyway, I got up this morning with them at 7 o'clock, took them to school, you know, said my goodbyes, and I went back to bed till like 9.30. And just moments like that, it's like, man, I'm pretty lucky that I get to be able to do little things like this. Yeah. And then, you know, I came out here at 10.30, worked on a bit of music, cleaned up a little bit, You know, we had a party on Friday, so there was shit everywhere. So I had to clean it up for you guys. Oh, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Went in for some lunch, and and now I'm doing this, man, just chilling at my house, kind of talking about what I do. So, no, I'm definitely very lucky, I think, to where I'm at. And not just with my career, but, like, just relationship-wise, just, like, always kind of kept on top of my shit. I didn't want to have one of those marriages where I hated on my wife all the time, was complaining about, eh, I got to go do this. So it's... It's good balance, man. Like, I get to hang with my friends a lot, hang with my wife. I went motorbiking last night for, like, three hours till 9 o'clock at night with my brother-in-law. And, yeah, man, just chilling. So, it's definitely blessed.
0: It's interesting that you bring up your wife, and I never thought of that. I have a girlfriend myself, and doing this stuff, traveling for these podcasts. You got to have a woman at home that's
1: very uh, understands it, man. patient. Patient, understands it, not jealous, not jealous. Well, that's the biggest thing. Like, yeah. I've had enough guys on the road with me that have constantly yeah. definitely got to build it, you know what I mean? But I've seen the other side of it a lot. What's the other side like? like on the phone fighting every morning, every, sh- you know what I mean? I didn't know. What do you mean you read that? And uh, just, you know what I mean? It, that it, must it, affect It could be a mentally. lot of stress. Well, it does affect you mentally, but also it's hard to focus on working on a song when your, your relationship's going to shit. and It's hard to focus on getting ready for shows or whatever it is if, you know, personally everything's in shambles it's like man i like i'm one of those people that if something ain't right i gotta fix it right away yeah or else i can't do other things you can't just focus can't on this 100 totally it's like hey what the fuck's this matter i gotta go deal with this right now yeah. so i try to keep both in check so i'm not worried about one or the other yeah
0: i think about that a lot yeah i just think well not as a rapper just as the, as an entertainer in general someone that's always you know i guess in the limelight just trying to work i'm not mm-hmm. saying i'm on a level as you but like you start to notice it the more you talk to people like the more mm-hmm. you're out there it's it becomes a thing that you think about a lot yeah, yeah, was there ever it. a point where i guess not not really regretted it but not regretted the career Man, that's a, that's a stupid question. You've obviously never
1: regretted it. The only stupid question is the one not asked. Yeah, that's a f- that's a that's a that's a wise man. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. The hockey coach. Okay, well, let's uh, let's go outside of rap hobbies yeah. outside here. I see a bunch of dirt bikes out there. I see a bunch of like a tennis net, hockey uh, sticks like that outside of rap. What do you like to do? Have fun. You just like to deal with your kids. I eh? Have fun, man.
1: Yeah. My kids or friends, man. Like I said, like I got a lot of the same friends. So yeah, like Friday night. We'll, we'll go have some drinks in here and then we'll go play basketball for two hours in the court. Yeah. We'll go skateboard and we'll go dirt biking <laughs> on the pass back here. Like I just like doing shit with people, but I've always been like that. Like yeah. even back to the days of growing up, like after school, you'd get, get the sticks, you'd go play grand hockey or go play soccer or whatever. Like it was yeah. just always doing active stuff. So I'm still the same way, man. I like, I like competition, I guess. Yeah. Competition. You know I mean? Like, let's go. Let's get some sports going. Let's, What's the score? You know, I'm that guy that's yelling at the score after every goal. 5-4 for us. <laughs> yeah. How did the season go this year? I forget what you said. We you're just you're got in the hockey team. Yeah, our gentleman's league. We just got put out. Like, this weekend is supposed to be our big playoffs. Yeah. You know, we make it every year. We have a big party. It's this year we didn't make it. Sad. Sad. What position Sad. do you play? Center. Center. What yeah. line? First, second, third? Uh, usually first or second. Big yeah. big wig,
0: first line center, first Top line six, center. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the wind's bad, though. So I do the quick shifts, man. So. No, no, PK no. power play. No. What curve do you use? Heel, toe, um, middle. As small as I can find, man. I find curves nowadays are so crazy compared to what I used to use. So I'm curves. usually looking for a stick that's like obviously not straight, but just like Crosby
0: straight. Crosby's is
1: real. Yeah, like, yeah. Straight. I think actually the Bauer I got might be a Crosby. Really yeah what weight do you shoot right or left left what flex do you use 185 or 85 90 95. 90 90 95 somewhere I started on 85 because I came up on the wood sticks I didn't even know about any of that shit when I came back like I still got my wood stick downstairs <laughs> I picked it up the other day and I was like man this thing weighs a ton <laughs> yeah but yeah I think at the first you know flex or whatever you call it was 85 but I felt it was too much like I, I didn't I liked it a little more stiff so yeah I think the one I got now is like 95 or 90 or something did you play know. competitively when you were younger? Yeah, but oh, I was dear? always like the host league kid. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Tore up the host league. Tore bro. up the host yeah, league. Yeah. You know, I get to go up a couple of times. Like, I paid midget before midget. What's midget AAA now? Major midget? No, it's called Major midget now. Or no. Yeah. But it, what used to be like midget AAA in yeah. the 90s yeah. is Major yeah. midget. Yeah. Yeah. So I played double a I didn't play AAA. Awesome. Wasn't that good? Yeah. Yeah, man. Everything's different, eh? It's crazy.
0: Do you have two daughters right now? Three. Three. Are they going to put them in hockey? Nah, what are they like? Two of them are
1: already in, they didn't feel it. No oldest one's in basketball. Uh the other two are in gymnastics and cool. Basketball's cheap and I like it too. Like I was never a basketball kid growing up, like but like I like going to the games. Like oh, I, yeah. I enjoy it. I find it's pretty pretty It's fun to, to play. play. Totally. You're starting to learn, you know, what it is and you know what the d before I was just like, man, they just score every two seconds. Like, who cares? Like <laughs> once it gets down to a hundred to a hundred and two, then I'll start, you know, going, Okay, who's gonna win the game? But yeah, now, now that I've learned about it a bit, it's pretty pretty interesting to watch. It's probably one
0: of my favorite sports to play. Because you played I've played hockey my whole life, so when you're done, you're kind of sick of it. And then when you get to play another sport, you're just like, all right, I like doing this. And I probably, I'd probably say you probably stay in
1: the best shape when you're playing basketball. You're yeah, just running good nonstop. Yeah, you're yeah, always yeah. going back yeah. and forth. That soccer, too. The kids were in that for a bit, but they didn't stick with that. Either. Oh, yeah, soccer.
0: Do the kids have an act for music at all?
1: They Are made they, a, they made a bit- song the other day. Oh, yeah, yeah? Yeah. Oh, is
0: that, was that a, is there, does anyone I just else know throw the that? Auto tune on, just start <laughs> playing Auto-tune. some keys
1: and they just start freezing. It's funny, man. Like, I think it's funny when they start doing some stuff. But it's usually when they get, like, a couple friends over and they're bored looking for something to do. And, oh, yeah. Okay, can we go in the studio? And so
0: they that's sick.
1: A little bit, yeah. Like, the older ones. One's only five, so she doesn't really get it. But, you know, like, they're with me. Like, we go to Costco and people are asking for pictures and autographs. At first, they were a little bit like, Why does that person want a picture with you? You know what I mean? But they kind of get it now. They get that you're like out in the public eye and they know that
0: you're famous. Did you ever hate that at a time like where
1: maybe a fan was trying to pull you away from your kids? Not usually. Most of my fans are pretty respectful. Like to be like, hey, you know, I know you're with your family and, you know, are you cool with this? Once in a while you get something like, I did something like a week or two ago. Where the hell are we? I think we are at the pool or something. Like the the... What's the new one? The Canada Game Center. Oh yeah, nice pool. Yeah, and I, but I was watching my kid, and like these people kind of like ran up, like, hey, can you? Know? I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's cool. But they kept asking, I'm like, yo, I'm watching my kid swim right now. Who's not like the great? Exactly. It wasn't like, oh, I'm with my kid, leave me alone. But it was like, yo, I gotta watch my kid. She, she could, could drown. drown. Like get the fuck out of the way for a sec. <laughs> that doesn't happen too much, though. Most people are pretty respectful. Yeah. And stuff, so, and it's it's where yeah. we're from too, Nova Scotia, like that. And just like I don't make Justin Bieber music. <laughs> yeah you know what i true. mean like if i was yeah, yeah exactly like yeah. if i was bieber sean mendez yeah. you know it's just the pandemonium you got a bunch of 12 year old girls that are losing their shit yeah. most of the time that i meet people it's like grown-ups you know what i mean so they're not yeah. like fangirling out over me there's like oh dude i love your music Big love fan. this or it'll even be a younger kid that's you know hey dude my, my daughter loves inner ninja would you mind getting a picture it's like <laughs> my daughter oh, loves it yeah. <laughs> yeah what yeah when Small town shit You know what I mean Like people Especially around here Like in Enfield Where where I go to Sobeys Like I used to work at Sobeys In Elmsdale Did you? I still Yeah yeah Do you ever go back
0: there And see some people You used to work with? Yeah
1: yeah I go there like once every week There's not too many people That I work with A couple people That I still recognize Yeah But that's yeah. funny. SoBe's turnovers rate's pretty quick, I think. It is. I think everyone's at
0: everyone's had a job interview there at least once. Yeah, everyone's, everyone's worked there, there at yeah, least yeah. once.
1: My brother worked there. Everybody's worked at SoBe, so it's
0: a great job. It's a great. I love those jobs. Those I hated jobs it, are. man. I hated it. I know you hate them, but they're I great. Work. Wednesday
1: and Saturdays, and What's I usually called in that? sick one of those days. Like I just, <laughs> I think that's one reason why, like, I really go hard at music and things that I love because if I don't like something, I'm just so half-ass about it you hate answering to the man not Did even the man that? i just hate doing the same shit over and over again that i'm not interested in at all like yeah stocking the shelves and bringing out the bread and switching the bread or like how many fucking times yeah. can you do that before you yeah lose your shit obviously you know people need jobs so i'm not hating on anybody but for me being a kid it was like man i can't do this forever i get to yeah. Do something else. Did you ever find yourself in school not really paying attention because you weren't interested in it,
0: but once you found something that you loved, you just went, you just had a whole another work ethic that you never knew you had? Was there
1: in anything school? like that? Not really, but I wasn't like a bad kid. Like I was like an average C student kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like history and all that stuff I never liked. No. Math, I wasn't bad at math. Was really, at. Yeah, yeah, math is which my daughter's struggling with right now. So it's kind of like math is way different now. It's way different. What do you mean? How's it different? The, the math way is they math. do division. No, it's not. The game's changed. <laughs> the they, game. The math. They, they change changed everything. <laughs> like they don't do. You know what I mean? If you had three sixty-five times five, you'd go up and then carry your ones and all that. It's way different now. Wait, I, you got to explain this to me. I, a I don't, don't bit. understand it. Yet. <laughs> I thought
0: you were good at math. I
2: was
1: the <laughs> old school math. The, school the new math. school math. It's like. Yeah, it's just different. Like, my my 10-year-old was trying to explain how they do it. Now I was like, oh, shit, okay. A- oh, man. I still don't understand it. Yeah. I might have to go in for a class. But, yeah, yeah now, school, you- it wasn't, like, I don't know. Like, I, it wasn't, you know, like any kid. I didn't love like school that much. But yeah. it wasn't like I hated it and, you know, rejected everybody and went to a dark spot and yeah. had to find my – yeah. yeah. You know, like, I was, like, an average kid. I got along with the skaters. Because the, I skateboarded, too. So it was the skaters, the hockey players – and then when I started getting music, it was more so like the, you know, for me, there was no rapper. So it was like hanging out with the grunge bands and shit and they would jam. I'd come over and do like the, the, <laughs> the rap. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So it was, I hung around with a lot of different people. <laughs> you ever go to parent, yeah, it te- was. you ever go to parent teacher meetings now? Oh yeah. What's, what are those like? I hear those are funny in real life. <laughs> <I> <laughs> what guess they, what do they say? My, if your kid, my kids are pretty good. So really, really nothing like, oh, you know, Taylor's doing good, you know? <laughs> she gets along great you know they'll tell you a funny story I'm like cool glad we came see you later yeah yeah you know my youngest is kind of a wild one so i'm a little bit worried about her yeah but yeah no so far it's pretty chill you kind of just go yeah. in show face and like okay we're parents that care and sick kids seem to be doing good
0: man that's a whole not- You even think about it like it's a like we're living life dudes and i right now but you are living a totally different life not even regards to rap or anything but parenting, parenting that's a whole man. nother part of life that like, did you, like, the moment your first kid was born, did you just kind of have a switch? Like, oh, okay, wait a second. I'm Not responsible. Not at all, man. Not you at just all. Kept, like, I thought I was supposed to. Were you nervous at all? Like, when your wife was pregnant? Like, was like, okay, I got to kind of grow up here? Is there any Not fear really, like that?
1: A little bit, but more so for my second one. I was like, okay, shit, now we got two coming. Like, this is going to be something. Another but, problem. like, the first one, you know, I was 20... I was almost 30 years old when I had my first kid. So okay, it so wasn't like a, I was super young, you know what I mean? And, like, my parents live over there. My wife's parents live close by Like. We have so much family and stuff that it's like, yeah, I don't really freak out about that stuff because I got enough kind of support to go to. Okay, so which don't... is great for me and my wife because we're touring and, you know, more so a couple of years ago when I was touring and going away a lot more, there was always people around, people around to kind of help her out. Yeah, you're helping me out a lot right now. So the key is don't keep move away family. from home. No, no, stay, stay straight close up. to mom and dad if so you can they can keep babysit. your mom and dad. You got guaranteed babysitters all the time, and, <laughs> and you don't have to pay them either. Straight up, man. it's 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 like a blessing, like. My 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 uh, wife's father's over here every morning, like with my youngest, playing with them, and just you know, especially for having daughters, like yeah, the more male attention they can get now, the more they won't need in the future. So it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Grandparents, they can't they can't hear you on the mic, totally. But when you were a kid, like even though my grandparents did live in Enfield, but we didn't see them, like one the other side of my grandparents lived in Vancouver, so you'd see them once or twice a year, type thing. Yeah. So, but like now, like my kids see them, like if not every day, every second day, they see both grandparents, like both sets of grandparents. That's awesome. That's yeah. a rare
0: thing. I feel like in today's family society, maybe not. No, it is. Especially,
1: yeah. especially, you know, especially in the States. Like when I first went there, like how different families are in Canada, Canada compared to the States. Yeah. People in the States, like they, and I shouldn't say this everything, but the experience I had, it's like. They're not like close like we are in Canada. They keep like, their shoes on when they walk in the house. Yeah, maybe Can you so. You believe that? <laughs> <laughs> you get dirt tracking all over the floors. But like you just like brothers and sisters, they don't see each other for 3 4 years. Like yeah. oh, I haven't seen my sister, she moved to Milwaukee. I haven't seen her since 10 years, whatever it is, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I just find that really weird just and I, I guess it is just cuz I'm so close to my family, but Yeah. Um we Yeah. Well, actually, Canada is bigger than the states. See, I, I feel the opposite. I wish I toured more in the states because you can play Philly, drive three hours, you're in Jersey. Like you know what I mean. Everything's so close in Canada. You know, you're playing Winnipeg, you got to drive eight hours to get to Saskatoon, yeah. eight more hours to get to Calgary. Like I find that's the biggest horror story you hear about bands coming to Canada. It's like man, you got to drive eight, ten hours every day just to get to the next venue. Where in the states or overseas in Sweden and all this shit. You drive an hour, two hours, and you're at the next spot, the next major city, because yeah. there's so many people, and yeah, you know, there's enough people to do shows that close. Um, I can't get through this
0: interview without uh, talking to you about Quake. He's a good friend of mine. Yeah, um, he just had a great new song that came out. Actually, way up. I remember when he had Snack his Snack The Ripper. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We work. had a uh, when he had his party, I interviewed you. I don't know if you remember that. We were yeah, on the yeah. roof up of the library, at the, uh, library. Yeah, yeah. yeah, And you had a cool story
1: about Quake about when you first met him coming up the to the your bike house. Rides? I was wondering the if bikes? you could tell that story right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. It's just well, when he first came out, he was maybe 14 years old, maybe 15, I somewhere in that age bracket or whatever. Yeah, so you know, I was living on Almond, the same street I did the Maritimes, and we're talking about that, that apartment. And, you know, he hit me up like, hey, can, I need some beats. And this was like in my days of writing down, yo, so quick, three beats, you know what I mean? Kind of all ties together. But, you know, he called me up or emailed me, whatever the hell it was. He was like, yeah, yeah, come on over. And I remember being on my deck cooking hamburgers, sunrise hamburgers. <laughs> Best hamburgers in the game, sunrise. Um, and him and his buddy were just like putting their bikes over by my garbage. I thought it was just two kids digging through my garbage. I was like, what the fuck are these kids doing? Went in the house and then they knock on the door. He's like, Hey, I'm Quake. It's like, Oh my God, like just young little kid. So, yeah, man, uh, biked over. Yeah, that's so funny. But yeah, no, man, Quake killing it, man. He's been doing his thing since. Well, how old's Quake now? Third year. No, yeah, he's is 29,
0: he 28, 29, I think he is
1: right now. So, yeah, that's you know, like 14 years now. So, that's crazy. It's cool to see him come up. And yeah, I got him on my new album. We just shot a video for Super Nova Scotia, which is coming out in, like, the next month, but, like, with Pat Stay, Scratch Bastard, Bubbles, me, Tyrone, Jordan. Bubbles. Just a bunch. Yeah, yeah, Knucklehead. So, like, that's a guy I I was in a ground squad with in 2000. Like, me and him were in a rap group. So, (laughs) like, it all kind of ties, man. It's And it comes right back to, like I said, the Canadian scene, even more so the East Coast scene, how small and tight it is. It's like... If you know someone and you're doing some shit, you're gonna run into them somewhere here and there.
0: What's some advice that you give to
1: young rappers that are coming up? I'm sure people wanna do shows. Douch, that's it. Do shows. Get a fan base. To just make it real, man. Like, don't just sit on the internet because there's too many people that are just like on uh, internet ac- account. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Get out there, learn how to do shows. That's where you're gonna make your money. And and go hard. Like, if you're really trying to do this shit, wake up and go. What the fuck am I gonna do today? Like, don't sit around and wait for someone to call you. Get up there's something you can be doing to further your career. You know what I mean? Don't don't wait around for people like always. You know what I mean? I tried to get a record deal when I first came out, no one wanted to sign me, no one not to do it, so I started my own label. Which you know, nowadays you can create a fucking Gmail account and you're a record label. You know you what I mean? you It just, doesn't take much these days. You get your your account on Spotify and put up your music. So it's just don't wait on one. Don't 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 expect no one else to do the shit for you because they probably won't. Do you feel like there's been a difference in the music industry from when you first started to now?
0: Maybe there's been a change in management. Maybe there's been a change in uh, finding an actual fan base. Yeah, yeah. well,
1: just even like much music. You know know what I I mean? Like back in the day, if you had a, a video on much music and regular rotation, you could probably build like a small type of career off of that. Like that was the way people heard music. Before there was the internet and YouTube and shit, it was like you turn on much music and you go, oh, classified who is this guy doing yeah. no mistakes or whatever my first video was that came out like and that was the only p- way people heard music so <clears throat> now it's like anybody can shoot videos you can shoot videos for 500 bucks that look like they're twenty thousand dollars videos it's on an iphone if you want straight up like yeah. before you know you'd had to get a video fact you'd have to spend 10 15 grand to make a video so like back in the day when someone had a video you're like oh shit this guy's doing something like they got a video i never thought of that like biggest game changer it's like there's just now, Anyone can Now, anybody it. can do anything, which is great because, you know what I mean? Those people who want to work hard and work at their ass off, they can do that now. But but there's 900,000 more people doing the same shit now that are kind of trying to take the same lane you are. So, in order to differentiate yourself, you have to make shows. You have to go on do the road. Shows, you have to get talk out there, to your meet fans. People. Exactly. So, and that's, that's the key to, me to it. how you Yeah, like our first tour of Canada, we did it on a Greyhound bus in front of like the average show was like 15, 20 people. You know what I mean? We got like 100, 200 bucks for the show we buy our next ticket to the next city and go do the next show and like that shit was fun as hell. Looking back now, I'm like, fuck that, I would never do that. <laughs> Sitting on the Greyhound for 150 bucks, like, do you have the, but, You go. that? No, you go. I was gonna say, but like, you know, the next one we came through, we rented a minivan and we were making 750 bucks a show. You know what I mean? It's like, oh shit, we just made 750 bucks a show and like, you know, when you're on the come up, you're like, whoa, that's a lot that's rent. That's seven hundred and fifty bucks <laughs> in an hour on stage, you know what I mean? And then the next one you come back, you're making three grand a show and you're on the tour bus. And the next one you you're making oh ten God. grand a show and you got your full band with it, you got a lighting guy. Like it just kind of kept growing, you know what I mean? So it's I can't believe that. Yeah, that's no, just, it's that's a dream come but true. It's totally it straight up is, but it's building, you know what I mean? Like it's if patience. I came right out and had a hit song on radio. And I had the tour bus, and it was like, boom, I'm on the bus. Like, it would probably all have been downhill. Like, it's kind of a blessing that it took me that long and, and took a little bit of growth to kind of – because it makes me appreciate it too. It's like yeah. it's like when I got on my first tour bus, and got my first bed on the thing. Like, we were chilling. All of bed. us, the whole crew was just like, things. this is the fucking life right now. You know what I mean? And it's it, that's the excitement. Like, that's why I could be 30, 35 years old and still be excited to be like, yo, let's go on tour, man. This is going to be fun. And it's still fun to me, man. Like so, it's, it's so small e- growth,
0: just s- growing. So even if you're on your first, like obviously the first show of the tour, you're pumped. Same with the last show, you still got the same energy. You're still just nah. like, is it? Is it what, what's it's the key? A, it's a different excitement. The what's last the,
1: show of tour, you're excited to get the hell home. Like you know, what's I mean? the
0: key to staying consistent on tour though? Because like you know, you're sleeping on a bus full with a bunch of dudes. Like it's you know, people that you
1: hang, being with people you get along with is uh, super uh, important. Like no everyone on my bus, we get along with great. If we have someone that acts like a fool or. You know, because we hire tour managers, we hire lighting guys, we hire merch guys. Lighting guys, I never thought of that. Yeah, you know what I mean? But a lot of these people, like my crew, me and my two brothers, DJIV, you know, Osan now, who's a keyboard player, he tours. With these are all guys I get along with, I know, so I'm, I know on the road we're good. But, like, we've had to fire tour managers before just because I was like, man, I don't like your fucking attitude. I don't like, like, you got to have a good attitude or I don't want you around me type thing. And it's like, you know, send That's them home guy. and bring somebody else out, you know yeah. what I mean? But having people around that you can get along with is a, is a game changer. That's I mean, good advice. It keeps advice. it fun, man. Like, it keeps it – you're not stressed. You're not fucking worried about this or like, oh, dude, how's this guy feeling today? Like, You just know everybody. Yeah, you know, like, you know and, everybody. and this goes back to me saying, like, if something ain't right, I got to fix it before I can focus on my music and what I'm trying to do. But, yeah, man, getting along with people and then the rest of it is just, like, a blur, man. You kind of, like, you know – Fly, say if we start in Vancouver, we'll fly out to Vancouver, say Saturday morning, go do our sound check, set up everything, start drinking around nine, have a couple <laughs> drinks. And then by 11, we're on stage till 1230. If we get off, we after party till probably four in the morning. And then by this point, we usually have our drive to drive at night. So we'll party till like four in the morning, bus drive will show up as we're all kind of just winding down. <laughs> And then they'll drive to the next town, which is like eight hours. So yeah. we finish our party. We all crash, and go to sleep till, you know, at five o'clock in the morning. We go sleep in our beds, wake up at 12 o'clock. and I'm like, where are we? Okay, we're in Edmonton. Get up, find some breakfast, go brush your teeth, <laughs> go to the hotel, shower up. And then, you know, nine o'clock, drink start again and go for it again. So
0: sometimes you wake up in a city and you forget where you are. You're just like, where the fuck am I right now? Um, that must have happened. For a minute. Yeah, for a, yeah. Minute. for a
1: minute, definitely. But then you're like, oh, yeah, shit saskatoon was last night yeah, <laughs> yeah like i usually know my order because i'm really on my business so like when i go on tour like i know yeah. where i'm going yeah but it definitely takes a minute sometimes I just wake up and be like okay yeah. we're oh yeah okay we're here now <laughs> yeah man. but it's just rotating man but it's once you get on stage it's like it changed it sounds so cliche to say but it's like since as as you hit the stage like all that other shit of oh, i'm tired i'm wore out and just goes, just goes away. away crazy totally same yeah You get out there and you get in the zone and feel off the people. And yeah, yeah, totally. Awesome. Well,
0: man, we're coming up on an hour here. The last minute is yours. What's an hour, man? It flies by.
1: And where's my light? I didn't even smoke it. I that's we were, the like, uh, in, like, no. You, you,
0: you thought you were. See, isn't that? So I'm not trying to pump my own tires, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I
1: feel like that's my hey, sounded kind of cocky right now. Bro. Okay, no, we're like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> no, no, cocky, you no, no, cocky, no, cocky. no. but no, well, that's good. That's what I mean. If we could converse for an hour and it feels like 20 minutes, that's a good thing. Bro.
0: Well, that's when people come on. They're just like, you know, it's, a, it's. I'm a little nervous for this interview. I don't know if I have anything to talk about. I'm just like,
1: man, it's not an interview. It's just a conversation just about your life shit about what's going on. It's like
0: yeah. I remember saying this. Who was I talking to yesterday? I was talking to someone yesterday. And they're like, what are you going to ask them? And a big part of when I do these interviews, when I first started them, I used to write down notes and, like, here's what I'm going to ask them. I go on their Wikipedia page, or a Facebook page if it's someone not that big. Yeah. And it'd be like, what were you doing here? What were you doing there? And I used to ask the questions, but I wasn't even listening because I was worried about my next
1: question. What man? Like, like what are you saying? The worst shit, man. And then I was sit- I've done interviews like that, and I fucking hate that. Like, Isn't more it? than anything. It's like, hey, tell me about this. And you're explaining, trying to tell the story. And he's and they're just looking like, this. down there, like, it's yeah. Like, dude, you're not even, you don't care. You're just waiting for the next question to yeah. come out. It's like, yeah, I'm,
0: and that's, it that's the worst. And it's funny when I started doing this, that's why I did do that. And the downloads are all right.
1: And then I just kind of
0: put the notebook away and just actually sat there and had a real yeah, conversation. And then really, the next thing you know,
1: and it seems like you actually care of what, what you're gonna say. And yeah, you know, as a as the person on the other end, like it makes me more interested to, to keep the story going and talking about because mm. it seems like you're paying attention. <laughs> yeah, well, so, it. it's a bit different. <laughs> well, <that's awesome>. yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's also the maritime, right. I think. In the
0: what'd you say? the cla- yeah, the, team really good. the, the still- classic hockey you know? yeah, yeah. yeah uh we're doing yeah. real good this year uh yeah you got to put pucks strong. deep uh yeah uh, got to stay out of the uh, box so of it's a lot of uh yeah exactly <laughs> uh,
1: yeah you know but yeah so life's good life's good man can't complain
0: but i was gonna say it's the maritime in you maritime's care Like, I think that's a good, like we started this podcast out in Vancouver and it was doing all right, but I noticed all of our downloads were coming from the Maritimes. So I was like, you know what the fuck? I'm just moving back to the Maritimes. We moved back here and the next thing you know you know downloads triples really? cuz people people around here care like look at you man you wouldn't you know we're a small podcast we're growing but you're helping us out tremendously cuz you care you know we're from the maritimes and yeah, yeah. there's so many other people i'm sure you've had people like that even if it's someone saying listen you know take these microphones for a week rent free take them it's all you i'm trying to help you out mm-hmm. it's a like the another example is you know Jill Sogne right she she plays on the olympic team for team oh, canada yeah, yeah, yeah. about the Barho oh, nice. family they passed away and they had like a game uh, to raise money for the team mm-hmm. and you Know they had a game at the BMO Center. I think 500 people, 700 people showed up, donated money. They almost raised $50,000 for this That's family. Crazy. You know, not no, no one's I don't, you know, I'm sure not a lot of people met this family, but yeah, for yeah. what happened, it's, it's just amazing what this community in this part of the world can do to Man, same to thing help in out
1: Fredericton with the um, those cops that got shot, yeah, last September. I think it was like they threw a you know, a benefit or whatever they asked us, Matt Mays, the Trues, a bunch of us went up there and they were just like, yo, we're taking the arena out, sold the arena out, and we had a fucking... Like, just everybody just in good spirits and being out there for a good cause. And, like, tickets weren't cheap either. Like, these were expensive tickets. They sold it out just because... People want to support, and they know it's like yeah. it's a community coming together. you know, after a tragic loss or whatever. And so I, I
0: don't want to shit on like Ontario or other parts of the country where something like that happened. Like a community wouldn't gather together. That's not what I'm trying to say. It's just no, no. Because the uh, same it's thing not,
1: happened with like you know, yeah, the Broncos oh, West when that thing went down. Yeah, like it's it it it's it's, it's everywhere. Thing, where, right? yeah, well, I'm hopefully a people thing, not even a Canadian thing. Yeah, just you know what I mean. I know. Yeah. Than we would, right? Yeah. Exactly.
0: Fucking lighter's gone, dudes! You burnt the lighter.
1: You used all my lighter, man. You can walk in. All
0: right, we're 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 good here, man. I think uh, I think we got everything. I appreciate you coming on, man. This was a great we're time good, talking thank to you. you. <laughs> um, like I said though, the last minute is yours. So if you want to thank your family, friends, wife, kids, anything, go
1: ahead and uh, do what you gotta say. Um, I'd like to thank my hockey coach, <laughs> <laughs> Pee <laughs> Wee <Pee-wee> Hostleg, <laughs> Dale Hurdle. Shout out to Dale. Uh, no, man, just, no, I appreciate you guys coming out here, just doing this out here. This is kind of my comfort spot, so I try to keep everything Enfield yeah. as I can, I was going to say, you're and, cooking lunch for us after this, oh, right? Yeah, we but, need some well, food. We got some Sunrise, sunrise, some sunrise some pizza pockets, yeah. ready <laughs> to go, but. but, uh, no, man, thanks for coming out here. Shout out to, man, shout out to everybody that's been supporting me for 20 years, you know what I mean? The fact that I can sit here in Enfield and still make rap music like I did when I was 18 years old, you know what I mean? It's, it's definitely a blessing, and, and I appreciate it. Awesome. All right. Well,
0: everyone listening, thank you very much for the support as well. Go to all of our social media outlets. Go like, subscribe, comment. Maritons, From Justin, classified dude. We're out. See
2: so Do that thing you guys were doing. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Maritimes. you yeah. yeah. We'll make we Kitchen, drinking I got some. Come do this for the Maritimes, man. It's I'm from the East Coast of Canada. Home of the bagpipe. Known for the fiddle players, beer and our keg price. Known for Alexander Keys and the donor. Home of the mooseheads, but I don't really go there. We pay a buck for a liter of gas. Smokes cost ten dollars a pack. We always mix our tobacco with weed. It's just the way we always done it. Shit is natural to me. So let me tackle the beat, then unravel the scene and let you people know what you never tried. Travel to see. We got battle MCs, we got storytellers, and we got awful MCs and corny motherfuckers. We got everything you wanna hear: conscious, the backpack, commercial, the gangster, r and the abstract, grunge, the rock, classical, the country. So many artists working, but no one making money. Welcome to the East Coast, home of the innocent. Still pigeonholed as a farmer or a fisherman. No major league teams, baseball or hockey. No urban radio, just country and pop beats. I'm trying to shake these stereotypes. So give me space please, let me air with my life I don't even eat fish, shit I never tried lobster Can't play the fiddle, and never was a logger swimming cleanly Yeah and enjoy cool breezes But Halifax harbors like swimming in diseases We only know for in green gables coal mines are blue Potatoes the maritime's is better than that. We living in another time, so dead with that. We got universal soul, and buck sixty five, the whole C T G. Of course classified. We got back burner, good night, alpha flight, locked down, Mike boy, first word, Trobin's hell down, and a million other artists trying to get their flow heard and let you know that we still working on these old skirts trying to blow like Halifax explosion. Or maybe Anne yeah, Marie, I know she's Nova Scotian. A hurricane one well, blowing from the ocean. Either way it goes, I'm still repping for my coast, man. And that's how we do it down here. At least that's how you think we do it down here. You know, we all pile in the kitchen. We do it like this.